Kitty Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Liz Whitaker. Liz is the founder and CEO of Politics, an easy-to-use technology solution that helps rescues manage their paperwork and gain insights from their data with the push of a button. Politics is expanding into the TNR community cat space in an effort to use technology, data, and innovation to drive life-saving efforts for feral cats. Liz, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here today. So Liz, before we take that deep dive into politics, we all have to know, how did you get passionate for animals, passionate for cats? Tell us your story that everybody has about all their animals and maybe share with us the animals you currently have if we have time. Yes, absolutely. It's definitely a laundry list of a a current zoo that I have. But uh, so my story, I have always loved animals. The funny thing is I'm actually incredibly allergic to cats and dogs. And so growing up, I was not allowed to have any for a very long time. But it started all when I when I could pretty much pick up a book and read and I would go to the library, I would rent out books on dogs and cats. And knowing that I had to bring them back to the library, I would write my own book reports on animals and wanted to soak up as much information as about them as I could since I couldn't really be around them. And I just never really lost that passion as I got older. And so the passion turned into, okay, now everything that I'm learning, whether that's in school or at internships or with other jobs that I've had as an adult, in the back of my mind, it was always, well, how can I take this experience or these skills that I'm gathering and apply it to saving more animals? And so that's really how I arrived at creating politics and getting to work on it full time to this day. You're still allergic to cats and dogs and haven't like crossed that bridge. Do you have any pets at home? I do. So I actually have four dogs and three cats. I also have two ferrets. um, And then I have some salamanders and two horses. (laughs) But quite the petting zoo. (laughs) It it was funny. uh, When I used to run the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society, I am luckily not allergic to cats. But one of the requirements for being a board member, many people jokingly said, was that you had to be allergic to cats to be on the board of directors because there were so many people who had cat allergies and had over overcome that obstacle to have cats in their lives, you know, and then they were incredibly committed and they somehow made it onto our board of directors. So I think at one point, our highest rate of allergic board members was like 80% of our board was technically allergic to cats. So I thought that was, we we always thought that was really funny. It just shows, you know, how many people are out there that would be labeled allergic. But anyway, I, I segue here. So let's talk about politics. So how did you first get into the whole realm of software? And then how did you get into this whole thought process around actually creating a new software package when there's so many other software packages out there? To answer your first question, I mean, politics is definitely a product of this relentless effort to want to find a way to make saving animals my full-time job for the rest of my life. And so politics is actually, I would say, the fourth company that I have attempted in order to create a business that is really going to be helping animals in every capacity. And so about four or five years ago, I had started my own foster-based rescue 
through that, through studying the data of, of my region, we had recognized that cats was really an area that needed some massive assistance in terms of, of life saving. And so from that foster based rescue, I turned my attention towards innovation. And to me, that was trying to create a cat cafe here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, you know, Lincoln just wasn't super ready for a cat cafe at the time. And so I started to turn my attention towards technology because I was working at an e commerce website at the time. And I was also working at a custom software development shop. And so through having those two other jobs, I started to recognize that, well, there's so much that can be done in technology that has yet to be applied to the animal welfare space. And if no one's going to recognize it yet, then I will be more than happy to take the lead in in that capacity. And so I started to look at all the things that were being requested of the custom software shop and also the data that I was studying to improve the e-commerce website and thought about how we could combine that into creating a fantastic and easy to use software system that could provide a lot of the same insights for animal rescues. And when I went to look at the available software at the time, it appeared to me that most of it was directed towards really large humane societies or the really large private shelters that did have technical teams and they had had paid staff and they had other people to take care of the administrative work for them. And being that my background is more in foster-based rescues, I mean, I remember running my own rescue. I remember being on the you know leadership team of a number of rescues in the Midwest, and we did not have access to powerful or updated technology. And so I saw a really large gap in the software space for animal welfare. And because foster-based has such a special place in my heart, because I see the value in the work that is done in that area, I wanted to create a system that was more tailored towards the demographic of people who are running the foster-based rescues. So what were the key metrics or what were the obstacles that you saw when you looked at these other software packages just before we hit the record button? I was talking about how, you know, there's still so many small organizations out there and trappers, TNR trappers, Mm -hmm. that really still live in the Excel spreadsheet world Mm -hmm. because they just are afraid of making that leap. Do you get the sense that it's just so daunting that just was there a lot in the shelter, like the shelter information was different mm-hmm. than the foster care information. And maybe how do those parameters uh, differ from one another? What are the key elements in the foster package that in politics that you have that, you know, are there, but yet the shelter packages may have had a lot of unnecessary stuff? Yeah, so that's exactly right. So when we went out and decided that we wanted to apply technology in some capacity to the foster-based space, we went out and interviewed a little over 400 organizations and just asked, why haven't you switched to a system? Or if you are using a system and you have already gotten yourself off of paper and spreadsheets, what do you like? What do you dislike? And continuously what we were finding is that For the ones that are on spreadsheets, which was about 40% of everyone we had interviewed, uh, we discovered that they had usually already tried to switch into a database at that point in time. A lot of these organizations had been around five to 10 years and are really wanting to get off the spreadsheets to create this legacy of their organization that can be passed on to the next team or next generation that's going to be running that rescue. Um, A lot of the rescues we spoke to had no intent of winding down the organization when they were going to retire from it. And so all these people are becoming antsy and wanting to get their records and data and processes into a database that can be easily packaged and and passed on to the next group of leaders. Um, What we were finding is that when they were trying to get into existing databases, 
that they were incredibly hard to use. It was incredibly hard to move your data into the database. And then on top of that, they had to take the time to train all of their team members into using this software. And when you're talking to a demographic or a generation of people that generally don't feel as confident on computers, you know, we kept hearing the phrase that, well, we decided not to use the databases because we all felt that we had to have a master's degree in computer science to use it. And that was really disheartening to hear when we're in a day and age when, you know, it's 2019, we have access to technology like Facebook and Uber and Lyft and all these apps that work literally at the push of a button. There's absolutely no reason that animal rescue software cannot come to the table in that capacity as well. And so from day one, we wanted to really specialize in thinking about who the end user was of our software. And that tends to be, you know, an older generation that is focused on saving cats. And so we said, well, let's focus on who's going to be using the software and let's make giant buttons that are easy to use and do the heavy lifting because we didn't want to recreate a spreadsheet that was just online. You know, we wanted to create something that's going to actually streamline your workflow. That's not going to give you too many data points on the screen that you're not really using. And I think that we're in a day and age in animal welfare where, you know, we don't need every data point under the sun necessarily. We're still trying to understand if it's, you know, black dogs or brown dogs that are getting euthanized more at the shelter, or is it black cats or only kittens that are getting euthanized more. And I don't think it's necessary to have data points like, does this dog have floppy ears or does it have pointy ears? Because we're just not there yet in terms of running that detailed of reports to understand where the gaps in our life saving is. And so we wanted to strip down all the parts of the current existing databases that were making it incredibly complicated and hard to use because it's important to collect even a small amount of accurate data that is going to be useful. And so we kind of went the opposite direction in stripping down as much as we could to simplify the platform so that it could be accessible to anyone and used by anyone, whether that's someone in their 90s who's maybe used a computer twice or a millennial who grew up using computers. Would the software be able to calculate things like live release rate, the things that we often need for grant applications? Yes, exactly right. What's special about politics, we're able to run all the typical reports that you're running now based on your outcomes and your various intake types and to understand what your live release is and then what kind of live release that is or what types of you know non-live outcomes you're having as well and what types of pets those are and where they're coming from. So we're able to run all of those types of powerful reports even with the slimmed down data set because again, at the end of the day, we're not necessarily running reports on floppy-eared pets versus non-floppy-eared pets because we know that we're not really at that point. We're not as a nation above that 90% save rate to be able to start digging into those really refined data points. Hey, everybody, Stacy here with the Community Cats podcast. And I just wanted to let everybody know that early bird ticketing is open for our 2020 online cat conference, which will be on January 24th through the 26th. So we will get together on the evening of the 24th with Chelsea White, who has a YouTube show that's perfectly awesome. And then we will be getting together on the 25th and the 26th for two full days of jam-packed information all about community cats and community cat programs. So this is a virtual convention for anyone who'd like to help community cats. Please go to onlinecatconference.com to sign up today. Also, if you'd like to become an affiliate as a fundraiser for your organization, the information is right there on the website, as well as sponsorship opportunities. So I hope you'll check it out. Go to www.onlinecatconference.com and we look forward to seeing you then. 
Hey everyone, Hooch and I are here today to talk about Dr. Elsie's cat litter. Dr. Elsie's cat litter is known to be the best litter on the market and Hooch agrees. Many of you know that Hooch was a foster cat of mine that I adopted while at the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. We did use the Touch of Outdoors litter as we transitioned him from being an indoor-outdoor kitty to an indoor-only kitty. I'm thrilled that Hooch found his home with me, but there were many times when folks would call me saying their kitty didn't use the litter box. I was also thrilled that Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract litter came out as it gave me a resource to share with others that was affordable and in most cases successful in keeping this kitty in their home. As a special benefit to Community Cats podcast listeners, Dr. Elsie's is offering a rebate up to $20 off your first bag of any Dr. Elsie's litter. Just visit drelsies.com forward slash community cats podcast to print your rebate or fill out the online form. Try Dr. Elsie's today and you won't regret it. I know that politics at this point in time is really a operational software package for foster care for animals, tracking your cats and dogs that are coming in and out. And in my world, Mm -hmm. it's about the cats. But, um, you know, I'm going to hop up onto my soapbox of of Mm -hmm. angst, which is I have a very bad relationship with all the multiple software packages that are out there that handle your fundraising. Right. If you have a spay neuter clinic or a mobile clinic, which I ran, then you've got another software software package for that. Then you have your shelter software package. Then you have your volunteer software package that is popular out there too. So do you have advice for those of us out there, like how to manage this software bombardment in an efficient and effective way? Are we still sort of very primitive? It is a tough time in terms of technology in the sense that there is such an abundance of technology that it actually creates a very overwhelming atmosphere of trying to figure out what you need, what you don't need. And then if you are able to identify that, well, our organization desperately needs donation management software, and we need volunteer software, and then we need our shelter software, then on top of deciding that you even need these various software packages, you're going to have to go through all the different competitors within each of those spaces and try to understand which ones are going to fit in to your systems and processes as well, and as well as your budget, and figure out if hopefully any of them will be able to speak to each other now or eventually. So it's a very daunting process. And so... I think in terms of how politics is trying to solve that problem is we when we talk to all these organizations that are using these very separate systems, that's where we see a lot of the human error coming into play because there's absolutely no reason that your vet clinic software should not be speaking to your animal shelter software considering 90% of those data points are going to be identical, right? We're just tracking basic information on the animal and as well as their medical records. And so politics is trying to create what we're calling these expansion packs that that you would kind of purchase as you go and as you grow. And so if you're an organization that started as a foster-based rescue, you might just be using our regular software. And then let's say one day you expand into having a privately held shelter with a facility and you open up a spay-neuter clinic, then you would purchase on our spay-neuter software. And that would expand your data set of information and features. And then let's say you're a cat rescue that's been doing intake and adoption. And now you want to focus in on trap neuter return and focus in on feral and community cats, then you would purchase in our trap neuter return expansion pack. And that's the same that we're planning for volunteer and donation management. When we talk to 
organizations that are using a multitude of software packages, what we find is that often these volunteer and donation management softwares have every feature under the sun again, and are, are not really tailored towards animal welfare. And so I think that's where politics has an opportunity to come in and say, well, we might not offer every feature under the sun as a typical volunteer management software or as a typical donation management software. But what we're able to do is specialize in the very specific needs of these animal welfare organizations. And so if you are looking at separate software packages, I would say that you should be reaching out to the support teams, the software companies, and really ask them, you know, are other animal welfare organizations using this? And how are they using it? And are they happy using it? Because you might talk to one software company that's like, oh, well, we don't have anybody in animal welfare that's using this. And that's probably not uh, a software package you're going to want to go with then if they have no experience in the area. Because oftentimes these animal welfare groups are having to jerry-rig these platforms to fit their needs. And so if they've not ever dealt with that before, you don't want to be the guinea pig. Definitely agreed, because it's a huge leap to make this change. So yeah, with politics, how do you make money with politics? How do you get paid? Yeah, how do I feed my zoo? (laughs) Basically, being that I come from the foster based background, I have a full understanding that in animal rescue, we are never ever making money off of animals, right? We're always putting in more vetting and the cost of vet work than we will ever see on an adoption fee. That is true for dogs. And that is especially true for cats. And so we wanted to make sure that we would be very accessible to organizations of any size, no matter the resources. And so we charge solely based on the number of adoptions and we charge only $1 for every successful adoption. And so if you are an organization that's maybe doing 20 adoptions in December, then on January 1st, we would charge you $20. How this grows to fit both our needs and the organizations that are going to be using politics needs is that you can buy the most limited feature set if that's all you need. But if you are an organization that's looking to grow and expand, you can still use politics because you know as we build out these expansion packs, we will continue to be a good fit for all of your needs. So as I used the example before, if you're a cat rescue just doing adoptions and intake right now, politics light is a fantastic fit for you because we're getting you off of spreadsheets and paper and we're making the information centralized and very accessible to the rest of your team. And then if you decide to get into trap new to return, you don't have to go back to spreadsheets now or you don't have to go find a separate software system. It will all be in one centralized location, meaning that you don't have to worry about making another leap in the future when you do grow to that point of your organization. Now, is politics, you know, only based on the computer? There's no app that goes along with it. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. We're solely web-based right now. So say a foster-based organization is doing adoptions at one of the pet food chains that they do adoption day events. Mm -hmm. They would bring a laptop with them to input all the necessary data and do the forms and all that stuff right then and there. Yep, they can bring any device that has Wi-Fi or an ability to access data from their phone or tablet or desktop computer or I guess laptop. Yeah, anything that has access to the internet, they will be able to use Politics on. Most of the market, based on what I know for folks listening to my show, many people listen to my show, it's over 50% still listen to it either on a laptop or a desktop computer. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah. From a podcasting realm, it, it shows that our crowd isn't super 
technologically savvy from that standpoint. Right. Don't get me wrong, everybody out right. there. I, you guys are all superstars. Yes. You're, you're focused on getting the drop trap set right. and exactly. getting the cat kittens and the cats to the vet and getting everybody where they need to go. And so it's really hard to make time for technology. Well, and that brings me to a good point too. And I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I often, when I talk to these smaller organizations, they always tell me, oh, we're not a good fit for using technology because we're so small or we're not a good fit because you know, our processes aren't broken. And I just want to iterate to everyone out there that it's not about having a broken process. We're all here to maximize our life-saving potential for the animals. And so if using spreadsheets is getting you the highest return on your time so that you can go out and save more animals, then by all means, continue to use spreadsheets. But if there's technology out there that can help you save even a little bit of time on the administrative side of work or even on the side of creating your reports so that you can show your owners or your board and go out and get grant funding, then you should absolutely do it. The return on your investment for making the leap and the return on your investment for having to input that data at all is going to be so much larger if you're using a technology solution versus using spreadsheets. And so I really hope to get everybody out of the mindset that, well, we're so small that we only want to save 10 cats a year. Well, why not maximize your life-saving potential knowing that there's so many out there that need our help? I have two questions there that just sprung when you were talking. Does politics work with social media? And also, if you have back information, say you've got information from the last five or 10 years, are you able to upload in any past information or do you have to start from scratch? So we do not work with Facebook or Twitter or any social media yet. We do integrate with a lot of the typical frontward-facing adoption websites, such as Pet Finder and Adopt-A-Pet and Rescue Groups. Um, and no, you do not have to start from scratch. We definitely are able to upload previous data into the database. We actually have worked with a number of people. We've actually gotten people off of paper into <laughs> a spreadsheet that can actually be uploaded into the database. And so, no, you never have to worry about starting from scratch with us. We understand the value of your previous data. And so we will absolutely work with you to get that inputted accurately into the system to save you time. So you don't have to sit there and do it from scratch, or you don't have to sit there and start with nothing because we want you to be able to start gaining insights from even your old data. I don't know if you can expand even farther a little bit your community cat project mm -hmm. that you have up going. Yeah. What are some of the components around that that you think would be important to have? Absolutely. So there's a number of pieces that we're really excited about for the, the trap neuter return expansion. Um, and I think at the top of what the excitement is really all about is the ability to share a lot of these resources that trappers are dealing with right now. And so we talked to so many organizations and one-off trappers that have their own traps, they have their own, you know, education system that they're introducing more people into the TNR and community cat space. They have their vet clinic appointments and they have, you know, their human resources. And we talked to so many people that are like, well, if we could partner with so-and-so and find more res resources that are just blocks away from us, we could have an even bigger impact. And so we thought, well, we're already creating a map to show where these colonies are located or where individual cats are located and where traps are being placed. There's absolutely no reason we cannot add in there the resources that each uh, organization is inputting. So whether that is a vet clinic that's willing to work with, you know, animal welfare organizations and offer low-cost spay-neuter, uh, whether that is a human resource such as a caretaker or a trapper, or whether those are vet clinic appointments that need to be shared between one another so that one organization takes up 10 slots 
slots but was only able to capture eight cats, they might want to share those last two slots with another close by trapper or TNR organization to make sure that we're, again, maximizing our return on the time that we're putting in to create these vet appointments and the time that the vets are going to spend as well doing doing this work for us. And so we're really excited about the ability to share these resources so that as a community, we can have a much bigger impact on the feral cat community. Um, I think we're also really excited about being able to run reports and tie these reports back to typical intake numbers that we can see in in various regions. Um, And then we're really excited to save time for the trappers that are having to, you know, pardon my French, but they're really in logistics hell between figuring out who's laying the traps, who's going to check on the traps, who's bringing them to the vet, who's who's figuring out recovery, and then who's dropping them back off. So we, we're creating processes that can help streamline a lot of the current processes that are happening manually today or happening over Facebook or Yahoo groups. That's excellent. That's Well, you'll have to keep us updated on how that yeah. is uh, developed. You know, I'm sure that there'd be quite a few organizations out there and in, interested in, in checking out the software as it gets developed in, in a beta test mode or anything like that. Yeah. Liz, if folks are interested in finding out more about politics or signing up, how would they do that? So you can visit our website at politics, P-A-W-L-Y-T-I-C-S dot com. And you can actually sign up for a free trial from our website. We also do have a chat bubble right on the website. So if you're interested in talking to one of us right away, you can just start a chat and we'll be there to answer any of your questions. If you are a cat rescue or an organization that does trap new to return, I would absolutely love to speak to you as we build out this TNR expansion and get more feedback and advice on how we're building it because we really are passionate about making sure that we have the highest impact with our technology as possible. And so the more input, the more brains we can put together to create this, I think the more powerful piece of software we'll be able to create to help out the trappers that are out there. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? No, I think we covered everything. So I'm just really excited to be part of the community and really find my little space where I can help and save as many animals as possible. And so I just cannot thank the rescuers enough that are on, you know, boots on the ground doing it because I remember being the one doing it. I remember having to be the decision maker for these animals' lives and it is absolutely a thankless job. And so I do want to thank everybody that has had their hands in the community and has helped save any number of animals. That's great. And also, I think that we really want to encourage folks to take a look at software options out there. And Mm -hmm. I do think that it'll be a time saver, especially where the grant, if you're going to do any grant writing, you need something that's Mm -hmm. going to come up with reports easily. And I think any organization that's out there should be doing grant writing. For those of you that haven't done any grant work, we do have the Community Cats Grants Program. And you can check that out at the communitycatspodcast.com website. And it's a great way to get started started in the beginning process of just trying to get that first grant, getting comfortable with that grant process, the application process, the information that you might need. So I highly recommend folks, you can certainly reach out to me if you have any questions at Stacy at communitycastpodcast.com because it's really important to have, have grants. Uh, Sandy Reese said that every group should have 10 grants a year, even a small organization. It's good to do, easy to do, and it's healthy for the organization to do it too. So, but Liz, I want to Thank you so very much for agreeing to be a guest on my show today. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. I'm sure we will once the uh, software is up for the community, Cats and TNR. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for letting me share more about politics. And it was great getting to talk to you today. 
thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. Wow.